You're listening to a podcast from River City Church of Jacksonville, Florida. For more audio and video podcasts, visit rccjacks.com. Wow, I'm excited uh, to have an opportunity to be able to share this morning. Let me just pray for us. God, we pray right now uh, that your spirit would, would come and make himself known, that he would lead us into truth this morning, that he would speak to us, that he would lead us, that he would comfort us, that he would empower us to live differently. In Jesus' name, amen. Um, you know, this is one, one of the hardest things. I, I want to share something that God did in my life in the last couple months. And, and I, you have to understand my personality to really appreciate the story. And I saw, I, I, I'm struggling with how to exactly communicate this without sounding much more horrible than I actually am. Um, so, let me try. Let me just try and explain my personality type, okay? I've run my own business for years. I am a take-it-to-the-top guy, okay? That's, that's the best thing I could come up with. Take-it-to-the-top. I'm the guy who thinks that when I, when I, when I run into a, a, a business, I love understanding how a business works, and I love, you know, giving my feedback on how that business should run. Um, and I have a very high opinion of my own opinions, um, it's hard because I've never been wrong. So it makes it really difficult for people to hear, right? Jason Watson is shaking his head yes, right? I have some feedback for you. Um, so, so, right, everyone's right now is pitying my wife. That's cool. She needs it. Give her a hug. Um, but this is, I mean, I, I want to say it's because I run my own business, but I don't know that it is. I think I've always been that way of just thinking that people, like, if I'm a business owner, I want to hear feedback. And, and so I offer that feedback. And so, it was embarrassing as I'm putting together this talk of thinking through, I was like, I need to share one illustration, one story to illustrate it. And there are so many, it's ridiculous. And then I started to really get convicted of, wow, you have issues, dude. But I'm going to share just one, just one example that kind of illustrates this, this, this personality trait that, that I, I, I'm this guy, that I'm a man of principle. And I believe that my kids deserve the same opportunities that I had as a kid. So I'm going to share with you the story of Tom Rossi versus McDonald's. It is the fight for the seasonal milkshake. Now, this is huge. This is huge. Growing up, growing up, you had, right, St. Patrick's Day, what do you have? The shamrock shake. Christmas, the eggnog shake. This I believe to be an unwritten contract between McDonald's and society. And so this is an example of when I run into the case where my kids cannot get a seasonal shake, I'm taking it to the top. I'm filling out comment cards. I'm posting on Facebook. I'm emailing the franchise owner in Jacksonville because you call and they don't have it. And you're like, how can you not have it? Do you not know this agreement that we have in society that you will provide the seasonal shakes and we will bring our children and consume them? Like, how is that? This is an example of the kind of fights that Tom Rossi will get into. Like, like on, on principle, and I'll tell my wife, she'll be like, why are you doing this? It's on principle. No one will ever say that I'm not a, a man of principle. Okay, so now you know, you know that I have these type of issues. You know where, where I'm coming from. So back up a little bit. And we are pregnant with Charlotte Susan, Charlie Sue, our fourth child. And as a business owner, whole other topic, don't have insurance, don't have maternity coverage. So we go through maternity coverage 
And now it's the story of Tom Rossi versus the United States healthcare system. <laughs> and so I have to pay every bill. And, I, and I'm, I'm going to read on principle, because I'm a man of principle, I'm going to read every bill and I'm going to understand everything that these people are charging us from eternity. And so you would not believe, you want to talk about injustice. You would not believe the things that I ran into. And so I'm in the, I'm in the throes of this. I mean, I'm dealing, I'm fighting with hospital administrators. I'm fighting with doctors. I'm, I'm, I'm fighting with eventually collection agencies. Don't worry. It's kids credit. It's not mine. And I, and, and I come forward for prayer one Sunday and I'm like, holy God, holy smiter of smiteys, smite these people. You know, I'm like, I'm serious. I'm like, I'm like, man, I need to be recharged for the fight. I need to be, re- God, I'm in the middle of this battle, this great fight. And I need you and I need you. And I felt like he was saying, well, why did you choose this fight? And I'm like, I'm a man of principle, God. They're stealing your money. They're stealing. It's his, it's his money at this point. It's your money they're stealing. Now, never, don't, don't, don't worry about the fact that God has provided for us in a way that it's okay. Like we can afford it, right? But I'm praying out to God and he's like, is that really what it's about? Is it, it's my money? Because I'm good. I'm, I'm, God, when he talks to me, he uses sarcasm sometimes. He's like, I'm good. I'm good. Like, don't do it for me. Don't do it on my behalf. Like, I'm more interested in your heart. Why do you choose this fight? Why do you choose to engage in this fight? And I was like, oh, that was not what I was expecting. I go, and, and I mean, I just, I just, for the first time, maybe ever, Tom Rossi just throws up the white flag and just, I just tell Kit. I come back and I tell him, like, I can't even call these people and pay them because I, I can't bring myself to do it. Let's just pay all the bills and just be done with it. And what it did was it marked the season for me of just thinking through the fights in my life, the conflicts in my life. And there's a scripture that I want to share, and it's from 1 Timothy. And Paul has just described people that were stirring up within the body an unhealthy craving for controversy. There are people that have an unhealthy craving for controversy and for quarrels about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction. And this is what he says, starting in verse 6. He says, but you, man of God, flee. In the message, it says, run for your life from all of this. Flee from all of this and pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, and gentleness. Fight the good fight of the faith. Take hold of the eternal life to which you were called when you made your good confession in the presence of many witnesses. Run hard and fast in the faith. Fight the good, the good fight. Seize the eternal life. This, this, this message, this empowerment of the church, which I believe for us this morning is stop fighting the wrong fights. Stop fighting the wrong, the, the, the wrong fights. And the thing, it's hard for me. Again, I'm a man of principle. So I feel like, but I'm right. Which is hard because I'm always right, like I said. So it makes, there's a lot of fights to be fought. Stop fighting the wrong fights. This morning, what fights are you engaged in? What conflicts 
Are they the right ones? Just an example, Facebook wars. And you know what I mean. There's many of you here who have at least participated you know, you're thinking through what that, what that little grenade is that you're going to drop on all your Facebook friends. That little, that little thing that you know is, oh, I'm going to get a bunch of comments. A bunch of people are going to get fired up about this thing that I'm going to share, these Facebook wars that people participate in. I, this is what I feel like when I think about what Paul was saying, an unhealthy craving for controversy about words which produce envy, dissension, slander, evil suspicions, and constant friction. It's like he had Facebook. It's like he knew. He was prophesizing <laughs> how we were going to use Facebook. And some of you are like, no, 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 not, not me. You're just a stalker. You just like to go and watch those things unfold. <laughs> right? Nobody knows because you never post anything, but we know you're out there. I, just, I'm, I mean, I'm just being real. Like, this is, this is an example. I think that we as a church, we, we fight in these ridiculous ways on faith and I'm just going to throw it out there. You moms, oh my gosh, some of the things that you guys post on each other, like just guilting each other and, and creating the strife and dissension on each other, making them feel like bad. Is it the right fight to be in? Political fights, engaging in political fights. People will argue about politics until the end of time, right? Ultimately, we're fighting about liars who lie. So, you're going to do it for the rest of your life. Or is that really a good fight to engage in? Fighting, here's another one that I think is real prevalent with us in the church, is fighting over other people's issues. We're fighting and they're not even our issues. I'm fighting about somebody else's issues. And I can only think about the story when, when Jesus is talking about the Pharisee who goes up for prayer. And he's like, man, God, I thank you that I'm not struggling with that. I think I'm not struggling with that. I think I'm not like that guy over there, right? I thank you that I'm not engaged in any of those fights. I've won those fights. I'm not in those fights. And then the other guy who comes forward and he's like, I'm losing. <laughs> and he beats his heart and he says, God, I need you because I'm in the middle of a fight and I can't do it on my own. And Jesus says, that's the guy. That's the guy who went home justified. That was the guy that I can help, that I can change because he recognizes that he's in the right fight. Meanwhile, the Pharisee doesn't even know what fight he's in. He's not even choosing to be a part of it. Are you engaged in the wrong fights? And one of the things that I, I was thinking about to really help figure out if you are is what is the end game of the fight that you're in? What is the end game? If you get everything you're fighting for, what is the end game? People will know you're right. Your Facebook friends will know where you stand on the Miley Cyrus controversy. <laughs> You'll finally convince your friends to eat organic. I don't care if it's not meat and Taco Bell. It's delicious, all right? Stop posting. <laughs> what will you get? Maybe, just maybe McDonald's will honor their unwritten agreement with us and we will get our seasonal milkshakes, right? These are the end games. Maybe it's not the right fight. But we should be in the fight, right? That one of the implications that we can take from what Paul is saying is that we should be in a fight, but it should be the good fight, not the wrong fight. It should be the good fight of faith. And some of us, we're not even in a fight. Some of us, we just don't recognize that we're in a fight. 
One of my favorite quotes is a comedian. He was talking about hunting. And he said, yeah, hunting is a sport, but your opponent doesn't know he's playing. <laughs> so it's, it's kind of like throwing a football at the back of your friend's head. <laughs> right? And I think about that. There's some of us that aren't engaged in a fight. And what you don't know is you are in a fight. That you do have an opponent. That there is one who is after you. There is one who is trying to distract you to do anything to not get you engaged in the fight. We have an enemy, an adversary, an opponent. Peter would say that he prowls around like a roaring lion, seeking someone to devour. Prowling around, looking for the opportunity. Jesus says that he comes only to steal and kill and destroy. He cannot take what Jesus has given us. He can't take it. He can't take it from us. But the only thing he can do is he can disrupt our lives. He can derail us. Paul earlier described in, the, in, this, in this section, he talked about shipwrecking our faith. He can make it so that our faith is ineffective and unfruitful. That's the way Peter described it. He can rob us of the full and abundant life that comes from not just believing in Jesus, but living like him. We have to engage in the good fight, the fight of the faith. Okay, so now this is hard. This is hard. It's already 1130. Um, I just wanted an example of a fight that like people can choose not to engage in. And this is a fight that, that okay, I don't want to derail everyone as you think about this, but pornography, all right? Pornography. I like the way I said that, pornography, like people are going to stand back. Um, this is an issue that affects, at least, depending on where you look, 80% of the men in the church, right? The other 20% just lie or don't have internet. The, this is an issue that affects the church, pornography. And what happens is we can choose not to engage and to pretend like there's not an adversary who's after us. We can choose not to engage in the fight of the good fight for our hearts, for our minds, to follow the, 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 the Jesus that loves us and saved us. We can sit back and we can listen to the culture who might tell us it's victimless. It's not really a sin. I mean, how can it really be a sin? Nobody knows you're doing it. I saw an article that talked about how it actually enhances relationships. We can sit back and say, I'm not going to engage in this fight. Because is it really a fight? Is it really, is it really so bad? But we have to engage in the fight. We have to recognize when the fight is laid out before us. And the thing is, we can't do it half-heartedly when we engage in the fight. When we recognize this is the fight worth taking, that the end game of this is the good faith. It's the, it's the fight that's worth taking on. We cannot underestimate our enemy and we can't do it half-heartedly. Some British general dude, oh, like you guys would be the only ones to know, like Arthur Wells, something like that. He says, brilliant strategist, horrible teeth. He said this, he said, <laughs> in time of war, <laughs> why do I do that? In time of war, it is the worst mistake to underrate your enemy and to try to make a little war. If we underestimate our enemy and we try to make a little war, that's not what we're called to. Paul says, run like the wind from all of this and engage in the good fight. Get in the good fight. 
Don't make a little war, make a big war. You're empowered by the Holy Spirit. God is moving in you, not to bring seasonal milkshakes to McDonald's, but to bring change in your life so that you can be transformed more into Jesus. If we underestimate the enemy and we do not get into the fight, then it's just as bad as not getting in the fight at all. I heard two guys talking about pornography. And the one was talking about how accountability groups hadn't really helped, you know, that accountability hadn't made a difference. And the other guy was saying, look, have you, have you, have you gone into a program like SA? Have you, have you gotten rid of your computer? And it's like, ah, well, no, I mean, that's a bit, that's a bit extreme. And my, my friend said, someone is busting down your door and trying to kill you and your family. What are you going to do? How are you going to respond? That's a different way of looking at the battle, isn't it? That's someone is trying to steal, kill, and destroy your life. What are you going to do? How are you going to engage in that battle? You're going to meet your buddies at Denny's and order moons over my hammy? Are you going to engage in the battle? That's from real experience. Aren't you being a little extreme, Tom? Well, I didn't say gouge out your eye and cut off your hand. Right? Jesus encouraged us to engage in this battle for our heart, the sinful desires of our heart, not of other people's hearts, of our hearts. He engaged, he tells us, he encourages us to do it in an extreme way. Cut your hand off, gouge your eye out. Do whatever it takes. Engage in the battle. Someone is busting down your door trying to kill you and your family. What are you gonna do? You're gonna do everything. You're gonna use everything at your disposal. In the words of author Charles Martin, you're gonna come heavy. You're gonna bring it all right? You're going you're gonna to tell your friends. You're going you're gonna to do whatever it takes, man. If that means I need to take out my computer, throw it in the trunk of my car and drive it over to my friend's house and leave it over there, I'm going to do that. Why? Because someone is after me and my family. I'm going to do whatever it takes. Following Jesus, we should be engaged in a fight. We should be engaged in a fight. Spiritual strife, exertion, conflict, self-denial, watching, warring, all of those terms, biblical terms that describe following Jesus. Fight the good fight. Okay, what is the good fight? What is the good fight? What's the fight that I should be engaged in? Paul encourages us in this. He says, pursue righteousness, godliness, faith, love, endurance, gentleness. That's the fight. That's the fight worth taking on to become more like Jesus, to be holy as our heavenly father is holy, to co-labor with the Holy Spirit in this battle to live deliberately, to live deeply, to suck out the marrow of life. That's what it talk, you talk about seizing life that God has for us. That defines it. What does that look like? Whether you're a new believer, whether you're a mature believer, you've been a believer for years, it doesn't matter. The fight of the good faith that you should be engaged in is that's the end game. That's what we're, that's what we're striving for. Is it fighting addiction? Is it forgiving someone? Is it letting go of control? Is it humbling ourselves before others? Is it loving our spouse or our children in a sacrificial way? Is it giving up our time? Is it giving up our money or our circumstances and giving them over to Jesus? So many, but all these, all these fights that I've just described are, are fights that are inside of our heart. The battleground of our heart that's where it's taking place. That's the battle that we're called into. 
It's a spiritual battle. Real quickly, Ephesians 6, 11 through 13. Let me just say this real quick. Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the schemes of the devil. Here it is again. Not only is he out there, but he is scheming. He is scheming. How are you going to fight that? You're going to engage against the schemes of the devil. For we do not wrestle a very personal struggle. We do not wrestle against flesh and blood, but against the rulers, against the authorities, against the cosmic powers of this present darkness, against the spiritual forces of evil in the heavenly places. Therefore, take up the whole armor of God that you may be able to withstand in the evil day and having done it all to stand firm. The battle that God calls us into cannot be won on our own effort because it is a spiritual battle. The authorities that he's talking to, it's not Obama. Obama's not our struggle, all right? There are spiritual elements at work in our lives and what they want to steal is our heart. That what they want to destroy is our life, our ability to experience that more and more. The enemy is not your boss. It's not your neighbor. It's not the liberals. It's not the conservatives. It's not a person at all. What Paul is saying is the battle that's being waged is a spiritual one. We are wrestling with an adversary who works through our culture, who works through broken people, but they are not the enemy. What's the end game look like if we engage in that battle? If we engage in that battle, the good battle, we become more like Jesus. Graceful, humble, charitable, selfless. We will manifest the fruits of the Spirit, love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. That's the fight worth taking on. That's the end game, being transformed into the likeness of Jesus, taking hold of life and positively impacting the people around us. We are called to run from the stupid fights and engage in the good fight of the faith. And one person's fight is not the same as the other. I can't tell you what the fight is for your life, but I know who can. So let's pray and let's ask him to speak this morning. Let's stand. God, please lead us this morning. Holy Spirit, speak to us about those fights that we're engaged in that are fruitless. Lead us. Lead us into the battles that will make us more like you. For those of us who have thrown in the towel, fill us this morning with hunger and thirst for righteousness to be like you. Awaken passion and power within us this morning, we pray. For those of us who are in the throes of battle, even now, we know the fight that you have called us to. We are in that fight. Remind us of your promises this morning. Fill us with your spirit. Give us peace in the midst of the fight that we engage.